Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Zeitgang, gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season whatever, episode whatever of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. It's a podcast where we take a deep dive into American Share Consciousness, and it's Friday, December 29th, 2023. Um, that's why it's whatever, because these are like the evergreen episodes, the holiday apps. My name is Jack O'Brien, and I'm thrilled to be joined by some of the finest to ever do it. Super producer, Anna Hosnier! Super producer, Becca Romo! Hello, hello. And super producer, Victor Roy! Hello. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the energy, everyone. <laughs> um, no, I'm just joking. Uh, great to have you guys here. 2023 is almost out the door. Um, we thought we would do a New Year's themed episode. I believe last year we looked into the origins of some holiday Christmas traditions. And this year we're going to look at some uh, origins of some New Year's traditions, some myths about New Year's. And up first, we're going to look for some traditions we should steal from other countries. Does that sound fun, <laughs> everybody? Yeah. Oh, so, you're, so you're promoting appropriation? Go on. Yes, I am. Um, always. That's, that's kind of my thing. Uh, America is, I don't know. I feel like our traditions are we emerge from our apocalypse bunkers on New Year's Day, watch football, you know, talk about our messi- messianic leader's particular excuse for this one. Again, not being <laughs> the year the world ended. Um, but in other countries, uh, this is one I like. Um, so this is from a Reddit thread um, where it was like New Year's traditions from other countries. And I don't know what country this is from. And maybe it's from the United States also, just a specific region. But they say we clean every inch of the house between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, start off with clean house. Love it. And then they also say uh, to get a clean start out with the old and with the new. You, you throw your Christmas tree in a giant bonfire. Huh. I'm, I'm on board. 
What's everybody think? I mean, clean house is always a nice, a nice touch. Yeah. Bonfire as a pyro, love that. But as like an environmentalist, might be dangerous. I'm gonna say, make sure your tree isn't covered in like chemicals and stuff to keep yeah. it fresh. Maybe don't like burn well, those take chemicals the ornaments into the off air. And the Christmas tree lights. It's beyond that because they spray chemicals onto trees to like keep them fresh and stuff. Like you gotta be oh, aware of these no. things, Jack. And that's why you're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight is, I, we, we're starting this recording like 45 minutes into the conversation but it's the fifth time that Anna has come back to that um, and I'm going to hell uh, I don't know Victor alright I guess we should just you know talk about the elephant in the room when we first started talking about this episode uh, Victor made up a lie um, <laughs> yeah. oh no where he said well and of course we do the tradition of the 12 grapes and we all pointed out that that there's no such thing as that, and he had just made that up. Um, this motherfucking hacker went back and added references to the twelve grapes to Reddit posts, so it seems like he wasn't lying about that. Um, no, 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 no. I guess, wait. I guess it's this. One. <laughs> Thank you, Becca. I'm I... not crazy. I guess I missed that. I hopped on after Victor had said it, and I just said it because it's true. It's a uh, Latino tradition. There we go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a Once part of again, brown culture. Spoiled by my whiteness. Because <laughs> I said it. I said it in the meeting. And everyone in that meeting is like, I've never heard of this. This doesn't yeah. make any Y'all sense. Why would you enough. do that? Yeah. You guys don't have enough brown friends, and that is showing your lack of diversity. And inclusion. But, so what I do is I don't have brown friends, but then I go on Reddit and I read about <laughs> the traditions and then I steal them. I believe <laughs> yeah. that's called, I forget what the name for that is. Um, no, but this sounds, this sounds like a nice little, I don't know, holistic, uh, healthy tradition where instead of drinking the wine or the champagne, you get the grapes before they gone bad and you just eat 12 of them. Is that, is that, am I getting that right? For each each ding dong of the new year, twelve you eat one grape. Um, mm -hmm. So that way, so by quote, the you each one, ding dong of the new year, twelve you eat one grape. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, so that way, by the time you get to the last one, you're on your last grape, and then you have a full year of, you know, health and good vibes. Sounds like you got a handful of gra grape stem. Is all yeah. you got. Well, you're supposed to at least in the tradition I knew it as. And I'm sorry as I keep moving around as my dog decided to wake up just now and eat the leaves. Um, you're supposed to eat them all under the table before the stroke of midnight, at least in my house. And if you eat them all over under the table before the stroke of midnight, which it's actually kind of hard to eat 12 grapes that fast, um, you are supposed to get, I think, prosperity for the year or like, um, I think, good relationships and love. Like you're Like you're supposed to like wish upon like, Whatever relationship goals you have, like you should win in prosperity if you can do it. There's also another aspect that I never heard about until I was researching for this is that you're supposed to also be wearing red underwear that was a gift to you um, oh. while eating the grapes. I don't know where that came from, but it is, I found it in multiple of the sources that I was researching. Something borrowed, something new, something, something, something blue. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a wedding tradition, I think. Yeah, that's typically weddings. Yes. Uh, it, so I saw, as I was doing research, I, I saw a lot of different 
countries with different colored underpants. Uh, yellow, pink, red. So shout out to various colors of underpants. I don't think I have any of those colors of underpants. Um, yellow. I definitely have yellow, actually. So, um, but <laughs> Did they start out as white? They did. I nice. wasn't going to make that joke, but... <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so cleaning, the other one that I saw, there's diving into a body of water on the first to just torture yourself. First footing was a new one that I wasn't familiar with. Uh, according to this Reddit post, it's an old fashioned way of bringing good luck for the new year. The first person to enter a house that year should be a tall, dark haired man, preferably with whiskey, food and coal or peat. Sounds um, like someone's like Wattpad, you know? That sounded like a fantasy. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a goal, a dream. Yeah. With like, uh, just like a rock hard body and uh, just like a great smile. Just should be the first person who comes through that door. Not my husband. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's fun. Uh, yeah. That, that was kind of my favorite old, old tradition is like having specific things about who the first person who comes through your door can be and like the idea of having to like turn people away because they're not to your specification. No, 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 no. You are who I was looking for. You, yeah, you, yeah. Can't... you can come through the fucking window, pal, but you're not neither tall enough nor dark haired enough. Anna, any traditions sounding good to you? Um, I like grapes. I'll eat a grape. Um, grapes underwear. Sure. Yeah. I'm not very good at planning which underwear to wear. So that'll be tough for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, the whole, like, honestly, I'll eat, I'll do any tradition where you eat. <laughs> yeah. But don't come to my house. Um, you could come to my house, but I won't be there. There are also some like that are basically trick or treating, but for adults where people like go house to house and that, that is one with like some, caroling. Yeah, kind of caroling, but it just made me realize, like, first of all, we're in desperate need of, like, community now, as everyone's super lonely, um, and trick-or-treating's kind of wasted on children, because they just, like, go up and do the cute thing, and then leave, and, like, they don't have conversations with the people they're going up there with, because they're fucking stupid, um, they're just kids, they don't have shit to offer, but, uh, like, if, there was something that was a little bit more low key and you just like went from house to house and, you know, got to, got to know your neighbors. I feel like, uh, opened one another's houses to one another. Uh, that could be fun. Assuming that they were a tall, dark haired man. Uh, it's the only, only way they get in my fucking house. I'll tell you that much. If everyone's going to each other's houses, who is going to stay in the houses to greet you? Oh, right. good question. My That's dad, just a bunch actually. of empty houses. Um, oh, yeah. The question, the question on every Halloween, you know, you do some, somebody stays home to give out the candy. Somebody goes out with the kiddos and then you uh, switch at some point. By the way, it's the Netherlands who are burning their Christmas trees. Um, the Netherlands. So, oh, I feel so those like, trees they are seem probably like they have cleaner air. Sort of yeah. Yeah. Fresh, <laughs> fresh ass trees. I feel they like they don't grow put their chemicals own. on their trees. Yeah. They have little Dutch elves are. growing trees, I believe. So, yes. yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and look at some uh, histories of some of these New Year's Eve traditions, and uh, we'll be right back. 
This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. And we're back. And parties, New Year's Eve parties. Have you guys heard about these? Have you seen these things? New Year's Eve parties? So... People have been partying on New Year's since uh, around 2000 BC, not, not always on December 31st. Caesar made that decision and then was promptly murdered, um, not necessarily for it, but uh, he, he switched to our current calendar and then got, got murked. So they used to do it uh, to coincide with the vernal equinox in March, much better time to have a big outdoor uh, party. And it was not one day. It was an 11-day festival that included rituals celebrating the victory of the sky god Marduk over the sea goddess Tiamat and the crowning of the next king. Is there a world where this sort of like roving multi-week party becomes a thing again? For New Year specifically or like any Why holiday? not? Like, let's, because let's go with New Year's. I will say in Puerto Rico... Christmas is like a three-week party, like well, traditionally in the yes. island of Puerto Rico. Let's fucking do Christmas that. Christmas is from 
I think the week before Christmas to like January 8th or 13th. It's whenever Three Kings Day is. Sorry, yeah. bad Catholic over here. I don't remember when Three Kings Day is. But that is how long Christmas is celebrated in Puerto Rico. And it's usually a three-week party. Amazing. Just go, go, go. Like, yeah. This should, have you ever talked to a European person about vacations and they're like... Oh, you don't take like four weeks holiday? What What is wrong with oh, you? Oh, yeah. It's... I feel like that's what I'm learning about our New Year celebration. Is like, like, actually, can we just take more vacation time? Yeah, can we just like have fucking four week parties? Like, what, what are we doing here? I feel like if we tried introducing a four week party to America specifically, it turned into like the fire festival or something. You know, so or that's a my... nine month cruise by Royal yeah, Caribbean. Exactly. As it we just... talked about in a recent episode. Is alcoholism and gambling addict and someone's gonna get pregnant and someone's definitely gonna die on that cruise and yeah. just gluttony galore. So you I'm happen down... to have both generational wealth and alcoholism? Come to the Royal Caribbean cruise. Yeah. Nine months, Jesus. Um, it took until the 1800s for the tradition of staying up to midnight to catch on. But back then it involved going from house to house to get shit faced with your neighbors. So, like I said, uh, there's a precedent here. Um, probably also because like the streets were too dark to like go very far. So, you know, that's pretty late. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we lost the going house to house part of the holiday in the past century except for Halloween, um, which I feel like Halloween's a blast. Like, I just, anything No, wait, more... so do people carol anymore? People don't, don't go caroling? Do you, I, like, occasionally they do, and it's not like, not everyone goes caroling. It's not like you can assume that there's going to be, like, there might be some carolers. Like, I'd say we have averaged over the past couple of years, like, one-third caroler. <laughs> <laughs> per like holiday season like just yeah. with, wherever i am so it's not like do you guys get carolers do you get steady carolers coming to well, your i live in a in an never, apartment so right I, never in I my know. life have i seen a caroler in person yeah I've never i was seen a, a caroler, caroler though when i was young i my mom used to make all the neighborhood kids go caroling and then we would rewrite some of the christmas carols to like pokemon related because all the yeah. kids were really into pokemon back then so yeah, we would do like the 12 days of Pokemon and sing it to the neighborhood. That's cute. That's so fun. Um, I, th I think the main thing I want here is for uh, an excuse to close the roads. Like I just close because that's what that, I think that's what everybody's craving. Like it's so much what we want that like we created the post-apocalyptic movie genre to just be like, that's our fantasy about walkable cities. Is just, is what post-apocalyptic <laughs> movies are. So, just the, that's kind of true. <laughs> like, how, I mean, post-apocalyptic movies like usually don't have cars, or like there's a lot of them where you're just like walking down a road, and it's like, what? Why would that be how things are? Why isn't everybody like driving where they're going? It's because people fucking hate cars secretly, and they want they want a world without cars. So, turn that. That's my tradition. Close. Neighbor, little neighborhood roads. You can still keep the thoroughfares open. People can drive like five miles per hour if they need to like get out of the their neighborhood to go somewhere. But otherwise, shut the shit down. Kind of like how some places do for trick or treating. All right, so that's 
the history of parties and some ideas I think we should bring back. Uh, champagne was only invented due to a colossal fuck up. Like there, there was a one bad year for wine, like very bad. Uh, oh. And like the fermentation process was so bad that it like created too much carbon monoxide inside the bottles. So <laughs> everyone was like, this is fucking terrible. And then they somehow used branding to trick people into thinking that it was good. And so then rich people started drinking it. It became popular. And in the 1880s, it was made available to the masses and marketed as an aspirational beverage, which is why it became a thing for New Year's. Because so much, so many of the traditions are like, good luck for being rich this year. It seems like is kind of the, the overall vibe. Um, an attempt to manifest riches for the coming year by drinking like a rich person. Um, and the, so they, they the, immediately marketed it to rich people? Like, they're like, this is a fucked up drink, and then they just tried to get rich people to buy it as soon as possible? This is a fucked up drink. You know who'd love this? Those rich, rich people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think that's always who you start out marketing a thing to. Yeah. Yeah. And then if that doesn't work, you work your way down. But I think it needs to catch on with the rich for it to, like, get enough legs and momentum for it to then become a thing that gets... Well, I feel like only rich people through history and time are the people who have disposable enough income to be like, yeah, I'll do this yeah. goofy ass thing. I'll attempt I'll like this. Fund yeah. this. Yeah. They're the only people with enough disposable income and time to be like, getting normal drunk isn't good enough. Let's get drunk on the broken wine that has bubbles in it by accident. You know? And our writer points out that like the pop of the cork became a new marker for the stroke of midnight. Uh, before that, it was always church bells. But as society became more secular, people associated New Year's Eve more with getting fucked up and drinking champagne rather than yeah. religion. As society became more like sort of alcoholics uh, yeah. with the realization that, uh, sorry, my voice is going away. You get very choked up about this. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. With the realization that um, uh, everything was going downhill, we had to drink more. It's actually, you know what I'd love to um, really look at is like, what, when did th things start to fall apart in America? It's day one? <laughs> day, day one, yeah. The day like the we world started came on to be, what are you talking about? we all, it was like downhill from there. Yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> they were, it was like so new. They were Hilarious. like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then they were like, we must destroy and conquer immediately. Isn't that yeah. fun? Yeah. <laughs> Happy holidays. Are you guys champagne fans? No. You mean champagne freaks? Champagne freaks. I was going to say freaks, but I yeah. didn't want to be disparaging to the champagne freaks out there. Uh, I could be. Like if I'm on a private plane. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just joking. You changed um, so it's, it's, a special, it's a special occasion sort of drink, I think. I don't just yeah. go like, pop the champagne, bitches. And my, my partner's like, it's You Thursday. get to work in the morning. <laughs> Um, I think I've made it clear. Like, it's not a surprise to me that it's accidental as your body like immediately converts it to bile. Like the second it goes down your throat. I feel like if you've okay. ever, thread, you've ever, uh, had champagne come back up on you. It's not. Yeah, a, I guess that's kind of true. I really will only drink champagne in a mimosa vibe, you know, like that's yeah, yeah. my friend bought me this really nice, expensive bottle of champagne for my birthday. And I was like, why, why would you do this? I don't know what to do with this. I still haven't opened it. I'm like, yeah. 
I, I don't drink enough alcohol and or champagne to like feel comfortable just opening it, knowing I can't reseal it. And I, I feel like I need a party, another party yeah. to open it. It is just instant headache for me, like Becca yeah. said, where it's just yeah. the minute it touches my lips, I get a migraine. So I usually try to stay away from champagne. Hmm. The popping of the cork, though, is so fun. Like that's one of one of the great little, I don't know. Also, I, I discovered recently confetti cannons. I had assumed those were. Have you ever seen those? Like the things oh, yeah. that like shoot little oh, yeah. like little popper ones. Yeah, or, the little popper. Or, yeah. But have you seen the ones that like really like explode the shit out, like and make a loud like gunshot noise? Yeah, um, like the big ones, right? Yeah. People use them for um, like uh, wow, why am I spacing? Baby shower, baby gender reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I accidentally got one of those from Target. I thought it was the kind that just like did an air blast and like blew the confetti out, but. It was it was a little explosion in there. Uh, smelled like gunpowder and just the most fun. Um, highly recommend the, those the fun little addition to our our New Year's traditions at the O'Brien House. <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't mind if they brought back bell ringing, like uh, at the. I love a good bell ring. I love when the bells start ringing around town. In movies, I don't think I've ever been in a town where it was happening, but like, well, if you live in the Ramos household, you'll hear a yeah. bell ring every hour, every 15 minutes, technically. So, oh, from the, we got from the two clock? grandfather clocks wow. in our house, yeah, yeah, but like citywide bell ringing, like that, like it's like Queen Elizabeth was just born or some shit. Like, it's I, I feel like there's something fun and quaint about that. that it's giving Hallmark movie for sure, yeah, it's just not possible because nobody wants to hang out in a church that late, I guess. Or like people who do hang out at churches like are in bed by nine o'clock. But um that used to be the way people people got down. Um by ringing bells in churches. Yeah. Like a Quasimodo character yeah, Quasimodo. just ringing the bell. <laughs> that was the only way that people communicated with one another back right. then. It was just ringing ringing church bells. And then Old Lang Syne, uh, the song that nobody has ever heard while sober, uh, was <laughs> written by Scottish poet Robert Burns. Um, but then, like, it wasn't initially paired with that really sad-ass so song, um, which it is like a weirdly melancholy song for a thing that's supposed to be a celebration. Of a new new dawn, a new time, a new era. Yeah. I guess I've never really listened to the lyrics. I just picture it in the movie New Year's Eve. Yeah. You know? I remember it from the movie where the Poseidon adventure, I think, where a giant rogue wave knocks over a fucking cruise ship. But yeah, the song is so sad that it was actually banned by the Union Army during the Civil <laughs> War because they were They're worried like it would like... Already yeah. down. You, we cannot bring them down further. <laughs> they thought it would invoke homesickness in their troops. They're like, look, guys, everyone's going to fucking kill themselves if they hear this song. Uh, but let's stick with it as our New Year's Eve theme. Uh, why, why did they have to ban it? Was everyone trying to sing it? And they're yeah. like, just stop singing this fucking song? I want to know what a ban like that looks like, though. You're already in the havoc of war. Yeah. yeah. How do we get out the word that we also cannot sing? 
Did I catch someone singing it out behind the outhouse and then like cut to them being hung? (laughs) We cannot sing that. Yeah. Um, We were at war, but. And then there was, I got, it became inextricably linked to New Year's Eve and pop culture because there was a big band leader, Guy Lombardo. Who can forget Guy Lombardo? Uh, who played it every year on his New Year's Eve show, which began in 1929 on the radio and eventually ended as a TV show in 1976. And uh, that's why we have it to this day. Old Guy Lombardo. But yeah, I don't I kind of appreciate it. it's like it's poignancy, you know. Christmas is just all sugar, all like sweet songs. Even the sad songs are kind of like maudlin and like sweet and like all about how I miss you. I love you. And this one's just like, uh, we're only here for a little bit, guys. <laughs> we're all, <laughs> all going to be dead. Uh, so that's, that's the vibes I get from it. Anyways. I like how you could also, I feel like anyone could sing it too. Like in a group, it sounds decent. Like if you try, if a random person tried singing, Oh, Holy night or something, yeah, that would be a disaster. But this one, I think everyone can sing it in a group, which I appreciate quite a bit. Let's all try right now. Um, oh no! I, I just know don't. the vibe. I don't know the words. Like that's the I, thing. I, like, I know Every the vibe. I don't know the words. But I, I always, my brain always wants to turn it into keep your eye on the grand old flag. Like it, it has a you know that song. Yeah. Keep your eye on the grand old oh, flag. Okay. Yeah. Da, da, na, na, da, na, na, I was a high school band groupie. I kind of get it. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the ball drop. We'll talk about uh, New Year's myths. All of it. More. We'll be right back. Bye. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wildcard on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. 
I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And the ball drop. We love it, don't we, folks? Um, it is not intended as a visual metaphor for puberty. Uh, it was actually invented because fireworks were banned in 1907 after the previous year's uh, fireworks just rained hot ash onto New York City streets and everyone was freaked out and In scarred. this research, was it... Is that a common notion that people think the ball drop is supposed to be in relation to, to male puberty? Uh, I think that was just a little, I think that was a writer jam. I was like, McNabb having am I a little missing bit of something? Fun, but I feel like that's a joke everybody has made at some point. Oh, but I must be in the wrong circle. The passage of time. I hang out with only women. <laughs> yes. um, it's, uh, it's very abstract. Like it is a weird thing that like, we, we all just kind of accept because it's been the thing since we were kids. But to have a ball drop, it, it feels like something out of a modern art exhibit. But yeah, it was just because fireworks burned people. That is the worst compromise ever. Like you can't shoot off cool <laughs> fireworks, but you could just drop this ball on New yeah. Year's Eve. Doesn't and when I, first, fun? <laughs> when I first heard about it, I thought it was going to be like really kinetic like the ball was going to like fall really fast and fall a great distance. And then when I saw it, it's just like kind of like goes down slowly and then nothing happens. Um, I don't know. I feel like we could feel like we could beat it folks. In the research, was there a reason why the ball specifically you say that was like the, that's the only thing that they could think of. Yeah. But okay. 1907, man, people were dropping balls all over the place. Uh, I mean, they were about to drop the ultimate ball. By uh, having World War One, that's major, major fuck up. So I don't know. It just unsuccessful, uh, I would say. But it stuck around because there's nothing else. There, there are other things though, right? Like what? Don't other cities have other things? I feel like I'm always just like a little underwhelmed by what what happens at various New Year's celebrations. They're like the ball rise. This, the ball this one, the ball up. goes uh, upwards, uh, which makes about the same amount of sense. And then New Year's resolutions can mainly be traced back to um, early Christians who saw New Year's Day as the traditional time for thinking about one's past mistakes and resolving to do and be Catholic better Bill. in the future. Classic. Fun. Yeah. And also, I guess ancient Babylonians were in there. But yeah, now it's just a way for corporations to try and associate themselves with like aspirational shit. Like Coke with produced new goals. 
Coke produced resolution themed cans in 2021 that look like shit and say, I promise to blank just for you. Hmm. This one's do better in the picture, which just is so vague and confusing. Yeah. It sounds like a bad boyfriend being like, I'm sorry, babe. I promise to like do better for you. I learned resolutions were bullshit when I was a freshman in college and my friend tried quitting cigarettes for his new year's resolution. Uh-huh. And then two weeks later I saw him like double fisting, not like, double fisting three cigarettes. cigarettes. Yeah. And then just throwing up in the bushes afterwards. <laughs> oh, Cause no. like his tolerance went down and then he just needed it very quickly after. Yeah. So that's when I learned that resolutions became kind of bullshit, you know, mm-hmm. gotta do it. I like the idea. Like I love the, the aspiration of a resolution. I every year do write down a bunch of resolutions, but, and I like to look back on them like in December, like I wrote them in January and I would look back at them on this month and be like, Oh, what did I actually accomplish? What did I not actually accomplish? But I don't try to like hold myself and Brad, I'm so sorry for my audio right now. I don't try to hold myself to them so deeply. Like I'm not going to make myself feel bad if I like didn't read the amount of books I said I was going to read or like, do whatever. It's more of a chance to recognize maybe how I've changed as a person or like, you know, oh, these goals were my goals at the beginning of the year, but what ha- about me has changed at the end of the year that like, maybe those aren't my goals anymore. And it's kind of cool to see if things did go the way I thought they would or or not. I don't know. I like a good time of reflection. I mean, I, I admire people who are able to make New Year's resolutions and stick to like, so there's the statistic that 80% of people give up on their resolutions by mid-February. That's like so much longer than I would have expected and that I would be making it like for something that I just like made up as a goal for myself because everyone else is making up goals at that time of year. <laughs> like, uh, it's my hat's off. My little New Year's hat off to you for, for making it a month and a half with a New Year's resolution. That's That's so much further than I would have expected. Do you want to hear my resolution? Yeah. It's to say less. Say less. Yeah. I'm done talking to you fools. Podcasting's <laughs> my job? What? I know. My, new, my resolution is to say less on podcasts. Right. I wish that was Chicha's resolution right now. My <laughs> <laughs> um, I think she's making great points. So, yeah, some experts think resolutions are bad for people because they aren't sustainable or realistic creating a cycle where you become more critical of yourself. But I don't know. Don't make me, don't yuck my yum on New Year's resolutions. I feel like that's because people, the resolutions themselves don't make, like, are impossible. Like, instead of, oh, I want to read 20 minutes a day, people go like, I want to read 50 books this year or something. Yeah. You know? Right, right. So instead of, like, doing, oh, I need, here's the end result, just do, like, a little bit every day, and then that will be... easier to resolve you know you gotta make smart goals you know yeah exactly that's why you should download my app smart goals Um, (laughs) so here are a couple myths uh first of all not true that new year's is the most dangerous day to drive probably not the safest either but uh despite all the drunkenness memorial day is actually worse for car accidents followed by labor day independence day columbus day interesting father's day and cinco de mayo Jesus. That's dark. Come on, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. But so the reason for this, they think, is because public transit is often made free on New Year's Eve. 
And so it reduces the number of cars on the road. And also it's just like more transparently a time for people to go out and drink. And so you're not like with Memorial Day or Labor Day, I can see like there's some like, oh, we were going to a picnic or something with the whole family. But then people are still drinking. Whereas like New Year's, it's like, no, you're planning the whole day a lot of the times around the idea that you're not going to be able to drive home sober. Or like me, you'll be home the whole time playing with your uh, confetti cannons. (laughs) The joys of sobriety. Um, I really hope you're picking up all that confetti after you shoot it. Nah, it's still there from last year. (laughs) Oh, It's just on the ground. uh, It is. So New Year's is the worst day for car thefts. Huh. Or the best day for car thieves. Because I don't know. I'm assuming, so like a lot of the articles assume that it's because car thieves are drunk and like making bad decisions, but I would assume it's because the people who are getting their cars stolen are drunk and making bad decisions, right? Like, and just like leaving their car on. Just leaving their keys or like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or like you went away for the holiday, so you've left your car. Yeah. And it's, you know, people kind of know you're not around. And so... Because I'm sure that happens a lot in, in Brooklyn. Like, I live on a street that has, like, alternate side parking or whatever. So people obviously leave their cars for, like, multiple days. And I'm sure if they're, like, out of town, they're leaving their cars. So, yeah, like, if you just kind of are watching and you know what cars are around and how many days they've been, you could be like, boop. Yeah. Boop. The sound of a car being The sound stolen. of theft. <laughs> the sound of theft. Real quick, I am looking at the Snopes article, and it is confirming what we just talked about of... Uh, there was no specific reason they gave as to why there are, but NICB's Frank Scafidi is oh, quoted Scafidi, stating, You motherfucker. People get drunk on New Year's, and that makes many otherwise ordinary responsible adult, adults act like mindless morons and hmm. do things they might not do when they're sober. So, yeah. That's so me to like rob a car when I'm drunk. <laughs> uh, silly me. I robbed the car. I'm such a Leo. Uh. <laughs> or it could be because weirdly Christmas is like the lowest time for car theft, like the, a week before. It could be that people like resolved to not steal a car on Christmas. It's like your friend with the cigarettes. They're like, ah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, now I'm just gonna steal all the fucking cars. <laughs> I've been been without car theft for too long. Double fisting cigarettes. Double fisting car theft. So yeah, I don't know. Watch out for car thieves or um, keep your eye out for good cars to steal this new year's would be my advice for everyone um thank you guys so much for joining for this special year-end episode this is not the last evergreen holiday episode that you're listening to it is the last one we're recording so it's been a pleasure recording with you guys and uh yeah we are back in the new year uh back with more Uh, holiday episodes in the coming days hope everyone's having a great holiday uh and we will talk to y'all soon Bye. bye 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 imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia the cia and the kgb that's where my new podcast begins 
This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.